Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yo, what up? Welcome to Tevez the Best. Today is Friday, July 14, 2023. My name is JC Tevez. Welcome to the podcast about my life and nothing else but stick around. You might learn something new. Happy middle of July, everyone. Sorry, I didn't record last week. I was very, very busy because on Tuesday, where was I Tuesday? I went somewhere on Tuesday. And then on Friday, when I normally record my other recording day, I hosted a 50th birthday party. And it was held at Solaire. I talked a little bit about it on Halada Show. What I did not talk about, though, was uh, my surprise during the event. Uh, let, let me tell you about it in just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but so it was at it was at Solaire. It was in one of their ballrooms. It was really cool. Uh the the celebrants were really nice. Uh, all I had to do was really like facilitate some games, uh just do some shout outs to some people and introduce people. I think I did a good job. I, I feel like I was able to bounce back. I remember I think the last podcast I was talking about imposter syndrome and I felt like I wasn't really like, was I good at my job? And I feel like I was able to bring it back. I was able to ground myself and say, yeah, you're, you're pretty good at what you do, JC. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so it was, they were really nice. Uh, the after party was cool. Like there were free flowing drinks. They let me eat at the buffet, which was so cool because sometimes, you know, sometimes they have what they call a crew meal. A crew meal usually goes to all the staff that aren't the guests. So whether you are, part of the lights and sounds or maybe you're part of the organizing team sometimes they'll give you a crew meal which is separate from the the dinner that the attendees and the guests and the celebrants are having so on the generous occasion that we get to eat at the buffet i just go hard at the buffet man and they were so cool like there's like yeah go go for seconds go for thirds and super set up the buffet like the buffet was so good they had this uh tomato and what's that cheese is it brie? No, not brie. Fudge. What's the name of that fucking cheese, man? The one that goes with tomato in a Capri salad. Whatever it was. Oh my god, it was so good. I I went back for like thirds. It was it was amazing. And they had this Korean fried chicken that was just mm. uh the thing that surprised me, and there I I didn't know how to really I don't feel one way or another about it. It just I just wanted to know why I was surprised. So that this this um these celebrants, they're pretty high up in terms of government. They're both lawyers. And and I just want to say, like, you know, I just want to go on the record that they were very nice to me, very professional. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with with uh, the celebrants or anything. But I, in, their, in their greeting video, I saw a lot of people that I was like, whoa, they greeted you. And personally, my uh, my political alignment with the, the people that were in the video, I don't really, I'm not really down with. But at the, at the same time, I was like, wow, these people, like, they're tight with these people. <laughs> like, the first person on the video was freaking Sandra Marcos, man. And then it was like Bongo was in there. Uh, former President Duterte gave a little bit of a shout out. So I was just like, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> 
<laughs> and there were like former mayors, former, uh, former, there's like current senators. Uh, the term that I had to say a lot was, uh, Kong, which is short for congressman. So there were like congressmen in attendance. And, you know, 50th birthday is something that I don't really host all the time. So this was kind of a change of pace for me. I haven't done that. I, I feel like I've only hosted one other 50th birthday and that was a long time ago. Uh, so the, the attendees were really way different in terms of my typical, whether it's a debut or a wedding where it's all sorts of ages. This one is really like established people in the industries of law and government and stuff. And wala lang, medyo na shook lang when I saw the video. And, and then, and what was really interesting was that the daughter, who's only in like eighth grade, she was really cool. She's the one who compiled it. It was a surprise video compilation. So I don't know, like, was she able to just like message them? Are they on like a group chat together? <laughs> I didn't ask any more questions after, but after that hosting, uh, all I did throughout the rest of the week, I had a lot, I had a heavy workload for my voiceover work. Uh, I, I've been sharing how I do voiceover work for clients, uh, abroad. And, you know, lately they've been giving me a lot and I've been really thankful for it. Even though sometimes I have to follow up on the payment, but dude, I'm living pretty good. And, you know, maybe I just want to give a, uh, a word of advice to people out there. If you have a good handle on the English language, uh, you don't have to have any sort of acting skills or anything as long as you can read with pace i guess you know when you read a a, a set of english words or like a let's say you're reading a, a paragraph from a book right you have to read it in a certain style you can't just read let me let me pull up an example so i have a script here in front of me which is i'm probably going to voice it later on today or tomorrow uh it goes like this when we talk about electric vehicles the first brand which comes to anyone's mind is tesla right like that's how i would read it something like that you can't just read it like when we talk about electric vehicles, the first brand what come to mind is Tesla, right? So you just have to know how to kind of how you would read it as if you were telling a story. That's pretty much all you have to do. As long as you you have the right, uh, is it diction? Is that the right word? As long as you can pronounce the words correctly and you read it in a fashion as if you're telling a story, it, it's good enough for some of the clients online. Now, granted, I've told you this before. It doesn't pay much, but... In terms of the time worked and you equate it to dollars, I have averaged it out. And this is just maybe to entice anyone out there that feels like maybe you want to try it out. It comes out to about 25 to $30 US dollars per hour, which even in the States is pretty good. Uh, obviously, you're not going to be working hours at a time and you're not going to be having consistent work where it's eight hours every day. But if you're looking for a side gig, it really does make a lot of difference, especially if you are thrifty like me. Because uh, just to give you another uh, kind of outlook on how... Because I was watching this video on YouTube about this guy and he broke down all how much money he made throughout the year. And he makes a lot like doing YouTube and Amazon affiliate marketing. I really, um, I really admired the transparency because too many times people are too afraid to show how they make money and how much they make. That you're wondering sometimes, is it worth the effort? In this case, especially if you're living here in the Philippines, I think it, it's worth a lot. So I voiced last week, I voiced five, 50 plus voiceovers. Uh, so that's about 500 something dollars, right? That's 25,000 pesos. 
I mean, it's not the same every week, but the week before that, I had 40-something, 40 45. So I average it out. If I'm getting 30 to 40 a week, that's 1,200 to like 1,600 US dollars a month, which is, you know, whatever that is in pesos. That's a lot. That's 60K to like 80K pesos a month, which is way bigger than minimum wage and way bigger than the starting salaries of most entry-level jobs. It even is on par with, you know, I would say, like, starting IT jobs, starting healthcare jobs. Now, of course, you don't get the benefits. You you don't have, you know, you don't have time off or whatever. You don't have, uh, what are the things that you have here that I don't do? <laughs> Insurance, Medicare, you don't have any of that stuff. But if you're looking for a side gig, let me know. I'd be very happy to kind of help you get started. And you don't need a fancy microphone. You do need a microphone. You can't just use your AirPods or your or your earphone headset. I I'll, I'll tell you that. But these clients, the ones that I work for that that pay these quote unquote low paying gigs, they don't really care about the quality too much. And I think that's one of the things that for me is peace of mind because ha- if they are super very if what's the word? If they are super keen on you know, if there are any clicks in your recording or if there's any sort of weird sound in the background that ruins a line. If you do this for a professional commercial, for example, they're going to make you redo it. They're going to say, hey, can we get can you get a can you revise this line in my three months working with this client? And in the year that I've been doing more more than a year, year and a half, I've been doing this for other clients of the similar uh, scope of work. I've never had to do any revisions. If there is any revision, maybe it's one line that was particularly unusable. But it really is just you voice it, you submit it, and it's you're pretty much good to go. So just just a little bit of a side hustle for anyone out there. And I know, and I kind of want to discuss this with the voiceover people who are really voiceover actors in the industry. I know that this is something that is frowned upon. But I'm not also a full-time voice actor. I don't have any soundproof treated room. So I can't compete sometimes. And I can't make this a full-time thing. And the money's there on the table. And it's being offered to me. And I'm happy to do it. I think it's fair that I can take it. Now, of course, I don't know. Does it water down the industry? Does it drive down voiceover prices? And that doesn't go, that doesn't mean that I still don't take voiceover at work at standard price. Like I try to my best. I try my best. But these clients are not going to pay you 50, 60, 70 dollars sometimes. Unless it's a hit YouTube channel, which cuz most of these videos are for YouTube channels, unless that YouTube channel is generating hundreds of thousands of dollars per video, they they will not pay you more than 10 dollars per video or 20 dollars sometimes. I've seen some get 20, some are 25. But for a 10-minute video, the going rate is like 10 to 15. So for me, I'll take it. And obviously, if I can make a channel blow up, I will demand more. But I'm more than happy because it has been made my life so much easier. Because as someone who doesn't work a full-time job, I don't know when money's coming in. And for the last four months or three or four months or so, I have some form of stability. Now, I, do I need it? Do I need this voiceover job to survive? Not really. Uh, I think I've gotten enough hostings and I've had enough savings lined up that I can, you know, I can kind of still do what I do without the voiceovers. But this just gives me that extra layer of A, 
security. It gives me, uh, it, it lets me save for what I really want. Like I was able to buy a new camera without thinking like, well, buying this camera put a hole in my pocket. In this case, I just saved it. I just did one one week's worth or a week and a half work worth of work, and I was able to pay for it all in cash because I found it on Facebook Marketplace. Good deal, baby. So yeah, that's my little kind of motivational slash speech for the day. Um, I really gotta bring. You know who I really want to bring? Uh, I, I think I've talked about it in the past, and I'm friends with him on Facebook. I think he added me on Facebook because I'm part of the the voiceover group. It's called Vocal Alliance. I really want to bring him on because he's a really talented guy and he does this for a living. His name is Robbie Joseph. I should reach out to him. Maybe one day. I, I plan to do just like Halal Show. We plan to make, take the next step into a podcast, not advertising, like to level up our podcast. We're going to start discussing video components, having more audiograms, getting more guests on the program. The programs, in this case, the the podcasts. So I I want to get Robbie Joseph on the line because I feel like it it it's a it's a it's an industry that I think you can start you can get started in relatively cheap, I would say. And of course, you know the 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 deeper you get into it, the more serious you get into it. You you can start to invest into more expensive microphones, soundproofing a room, creating a soundproof room. I know a lot of artists they start in their closets. And then they just put like eggshells and shit in there to help uh, def- deafen the sound. I don't know what, what exactly it does. It just – in terms of the the t- sound quality, having a soundproof room is, is essential to doing this as a full-time gig. So yeah, that that's that's my little speech for the day. What else do I want to talk about? Um, on Hala Hala, I did go a little bit into Insidious and Mission Impossible. I don't know. I think I should say that for next week because I feel like – the movies just came out, like Insidious just came out last week, Mission Impossible came out this week. So I will do a deeper dive, uh, a spoiler-filled dive probably starting next week. Um, what if I watch though other than that? Well, just to go back to that YouTube video, the one I said that was really transparent, He, I watched one of his videos I think two or three years ago and he uploaded one six months ago that I just saw on my YouTube For You page. I think Broad Fitz would, would love this if you haven't seen it, Broad Fitz. But anyone who's into finance and understanding, like, generate, like, wants to look for ways to generate money. His name is Ali Abdal, A-L-I-A-B-D-A-A-L. And if you want to search for the video that I just watched uh, earlier today, it's called How I Earn Millions in 2022. And he really breaks it down from his YouTube AdSense to his podcast earnings, to his TikTok earnings, to his affiliate marketing, Instagram. It's a 45-minute long video. And I was so engaged all throughout. A, because it makes me feel like, wow, this is something that maybe I could do. Maybe not everything that he talked about, but a lot of the things he does, I have plans or have had plans to do. And I just never really took the, you know, took the leap to, to kind of start it. And it's just really insane how much money you can make from your computer and a camera. Like those are the two things that you probably just need to start. And a microphone, I guess, right? In this case, a microphone. So a microphone, a camera, and a computer. And what you can do, it, he's making millions of dollars, man. It's, it's, I mean, I would be happy with a million US dollars. Like if I can just get to the point where I make $1 million in a year, I think I would live pretty for the rest of my life. Obviously, probably I would still hustle, 
But if you gave me a million US dollars now, I think I could comfortably say, unless I, I plan on having like a huge family or something, which I probably don't, I, I think a million US dollars is enough to keep me satisfied for the rest of my days until I'm old. I don't know. I haven't really weighed out the cost of medical care and shit, but you know, I'm invincible, right? When you're 30, 32, you don't, you don't think about that stuff. <laughs> oh man. I just hope I don't get like some sort of crazy sickness that we knock on wood. I know that can really just fuck up everything, but a million dollars. And this guy's not just a million. He's making multiple millions of dollars through multiple revenue streams. It's so impressive. Like it was just such a, if you need a 45 minute, lunch break video check it out how i earned millions in 2022 ali abdal a b d a a l um i've been doing a lot of disney plus tv shows although they're not specifically from disney plus they just i think they have the rights to fx programs here like the channel fx so i i feel like i've talked about the show before but dave i've been a big fan of the tv show dave which is a show by Lil Dicky, you know, Lil Dicky the rapper. It's like a fictionalized version of his his career. So I watched season one and two, and I season three just came out a couple of weeks ago. And it's finally on Disney Plus, at least here. I don't know in the States, I don't know if it's on Disney Plus, but here, Dave is on Disney Plus. So I've been watching season three. It's 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 pretty funny so far. And if you haven't seen it, if you like Lil Dicky or if you like his mu- music, I think you'd enjoy it if you dis- despise him. I feel like Lil Dicky gives off Aquafina vibes. You either fucking hate him or you like his stuff. And I, I enjoy Lil Dicky. I find him funny. I find him endearing. I think he has a charm to him. Uh, he does get a little annoying in the show, but there's a lot of other characters in the show that I think you could latch on to. Like, I really love Gaeta. And the, uh, the Asian girl is pretty cool. I forget her name, man. And the other show, that I just started because I'm a big fan of Bobby Lee and the Bo- and the Bad Friends podcast. If you don't listen to Bad Friends, it's a good listen if you are just into stupid humor. It's it's uh, with Andrew Santino and Bobby Lee. It's called Bad Friends. But Bobby Lee, he also acts. And he's in this show called Reservation Dogs. And that's also on Disney+. Plus. But it's an FX show. And that show, I'm on episode three. And the first two episodes were, were pretty good. It's about these Native American teenagers and them living on, I think, the reservation or this, this, this place where their community lives. And it's just about their lives and how they're trying to make it out of there. And it's, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I don't know if it, if I could sell it to everybody. It's not like Ted Lasso, which I know that most people would like. I feel like this is more of a niche show, just like Dave. I feel like you, you have to be a certain type of person to enjoy these shows. Uh, I don't know what type of person that is, but I personally enjoy it. And if you like the stuff that I like, maybe you'll enjoy it too. Although I did hate uh, the new Insidious. Uh, some people did like it. So you tell me. And Mission Impossible, I know I, wasn't gonna, I said I wasn't going to talk about it. I really enjoyed it because of the action sequences. But I'll, t- I'll talk to you more about it next week. But I think it's one of the weaker Mission Impossibles. I did post on my stories that it was enjoyable, and I, I and I stand by that. Like it's a film that has to be watched in theaters because the action sequences, especially the last scene with the train, is just so so good. But in terms of story, in terms of the some of the decisions that they make with some of the characters, if you watched it, you probably know what I'm talking about. It felt unearned, and it felt very 
week. Uh, and I know that they filmed this during COVID. So maybe there was a, an element of that why co- maybe COVID affected some of the, the script. But it felt weak. It did not feel maybe also because it's split into two parts. So it's kind of hard to weigh it as a whole because you'd have to watch part two. Because I feel like they're going to answer a lot of the questions that I had in part one in part two. But that doesn't mean that you can't have questions right after watching it. So overall, still very good. Worth it in the theater, JC? Yes, I would say. Insidious Red Door, though, you can just stream that whenever you want in the future. Like it is not it's so even up until now, I don't even know what the fuck really happened in that movie. Like I <laughs> eh, I don't know, man. It was just ugh, not good, man. Not good. Uh, another thing, what else did I want to talk about? Oh, a, a thing that we didn't discuss on Halala Show, we didn't have really time for it, but it would, it would have been a TT, is the SM North EDSA security guard. Do you guys hear about that? I just saw it on Reddit Philippines. They, somebody posted the statement from SM North EDSA, and I was like, what is this about? I didn't understand the context. And what, so when I looked into it, what happened was there was this footbridge near SM North Edsa. And one of the guards was telling these kids to leave because I think they were selling something on the bridge. And I guess they were being difficult or something. Maybe they didn't want to leave. So the guard snapped or something and threw their puppy, like the, 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 the stall owners, they had a dog with them. This fucking guy took the puppy and threw him off the bridge, bro. What? That shit was crazy. My goodness. So this, the statement from City SM City North Edsa was, the security guard has been dismissed and is no longer allowed to service any of our malls nationwide, which is, I think, a very good uh, response to this. I mean, it's the best response you could hope for. I mean, barring some sort of life-resuscitating, dog-saving thing, because the dog died, and I, I don't think it really set a chance. I mean, it's a small dog. You know, it was a baby. It was a puppy. And it's a pretty tall footbridge, man. Dude, I don't know. Like, how, how that guy must have been going through something in life or was mentally unstable. Because I don't know. Like, how do you throw a fucking puppy? Maybe because I own dogs now. But even if I didn't own dogs, my first instinct wouldn't be like, I'm going to throw your fucking dog off of this bridge to make a statement. Like, I, I understand maybe he was frustrated that the, the people wouldn't leave. I mean, you know, you know, I don't want to like play devil's advocate for this, this dog killer, but at the other end of things, sometimes, you know, when you work a job where you don't feel like you're being, uh, appreciated, I feel like security guards are one of those jobs where you do it for long enough and people just don't respect you ever. Or at least a lot of the time, people don't respect you. And it comes to the point where maybe you just snap, you know? I, I, I would venture an educated guess that this security guard has been disrespected. His authority has been questioned many times in the past. So when he sees these young kids who are illegally, or at least they're not supposed to be there on the premises of this bridge that I guess is owned by the, the mall, I'm guessing, right? Because why would the guard be there? And saying like, no, we're not going to leave. At some point in that conversation, this guard probably took all the flashbacks of 
people telling him to go eat shit and like, who are you? You don't have any power here. And it just snapped. And the first thing he saw was a dog. And, and you know, poor dog was caught in the crosshairs in this one. Because I don't, I, I would hope he wouldn't throw a kid off the the bridge. Uh, so maybe he just saw this as an opportunity to like show that, look, don't fuck with me. I have power here. And it was the wrong way to go about it. But at, in some dark way, I see why he did that. It's not right. It's never right. But I, I, at some point, I, I, in terms of like, if there's any sort of empathy that you could feel for the guard, I could kind of get it. Though I don't, you know, I don't condone it, obviously, right? Do you guys feel me? Like, do you guys feel me? Like, I, I, th- this happens all over the world. You know, security people snap, people who get disrespected and get shit on all the time because people don't think their job is worth anything. Snap. Yeah. Am I alone on this? You guys get me, right? Nah, you know, it's still fucked up and he deserves to be fired, obviously. I mean, I, I feel like I don't know what kind of law. I mean, he deserves to do some sort of, there's supposed to be, I feel like getting fired is not punishment enough for doing that. You know, I, I feel like there's got to be maybe jail time or some sort of fine, some sort of reparations to the the kids of the the owners of the dog, rather. But in some fucked up way, I I, I like I kind of feel bad because it came to that point, right? Like it came to the point where this guard just couldn't fucking handle it anymore, and I think it's just a reminder, you know, don't be an asshole to people. Uh, they might kill your dog, right? I know that's dark humor, but just don't do it, man. Just be nice. Try to be nice to people. Uh, yeah, dude, some, some messed up stuff. What else? Is there anything else that we didn't talk about that I, on Hala Hala Show that maybe I could talk about today? Oh, there was one. Somebody sent it to us for Hala Hala Show, but we didn't have time. And it also, we decided not to do it because it, it kind of covers Jollibee in a different country. Hold on. Justice for Jollibee. I saw that. Somebody, it's happening in New Jersey, I think. So the Justice for Jollibee Workers. I haven't really read up on this, so let's let's learn about it together. The Justice for Jollibee Workers campaign rallies outside of the Journal Square Jollibee in Jersey City to demand for the reinstatement of fired workers and for better benefits. Uh, why were they fired? I'm wondering. Mm, it just shows pictures. Oh, here. Okay. So there's a website, justiceforjollibeeworkers.com. Man, who put that up? Uh, what's happening? So nine Jollibee workers at Journal Square were wrongfully terminated in retaliation for organizing for higher wages and better working conditions. Well, I mean, that is definitely right. That's definitely grounds for people to be mad. Uh, now former and current Jollibee workers and community members are fighting to defend the rights of all Jollibee workers. Uh, I don't know if that means like all meaning in the U.S. or just all Jollibee workers. Because that shit's not going to fly here, man. (laughs) I mean, like, dude, I've said this time and time again. I don't know how like people can make a living here off of the minimum wage, right? And I'm definitely an advocate for, you know, better wages here. But... It's a different animal in the U.S. Like in the U.S., they really take worker rights seriously. 
not that they don't do here, but I would, I would bend, I'd go out on a limb and say, you have more of a fight in the United States than you do here. You really can't s- say shit here unless you, you do some sort of people power Edsa revolution-esque, uh, stand. It, they, there's just gonna, they're just gonna hire new people. And I know that's not good, but they, they see people here as easily replaceable. I, that's what I think. I mean, that's just my personal thoughts on it. There are other people in line that would do the job for for you. That if you don't want to do this job for you know minimum wage, there's someone else lining up to do it. And it's not a knock on those people either. I, I just want to be clear on that. Like if you are lining up to do that, it's because it's out of desperation. And sometimes solidarity and standing for worker rights, it it it, it doesn't take precedence over feeding your family. Right. So anyway, back to the, the topic at hand. This isn't an isolated incident. These labor issues are happening in Jollibee locations across the globe. So on this website, they have like a worker complaint form. They have a petition you can sign. You can be a campaign volunteer. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely think it's, it's a good, it's a good thing to stand for. Um, I just I hope that it translates across waters because I think they I feel like they're going to make a especially, you know, if you make enough noise in the U.S., something's going to happen because they just want to shut it down. Like they will put, the you know, Jollibee, I think Jollibee in the States, are they under the same Jollibee Food Corporation? That I don't know. But whoever is in charge of that, they just want to hush people up. Like eventually it's going to come to the point where like, yeah, let's let's do it. Like, let's let's just pony up. And give them, you know, better wages and better working conditions, which is something that everyone should be able to ask for. But uh, like I said, here, the, the fight here is going to be a, it's a different battlefield altogether, I would say. That's just me talking out of my ass. I don't know what I'm talking about. I, here I am talking like I'm some sort of righteous worker guy, God that knows everything about the work condition, but I'm just, just from based off what I'm seeing in the world. It, it seems like this is a fight that is going to be long. It's on, it's going to be a longer fight here if it were to translate here. And it's not just, it's not just specific to Jollibee. I mean, whether it's in the States or here, wages and better working conditions are, are a fight that, that a lot of people should be fighting for. It's just sometimes it just ends in it, it it's, it's fruitless. Now, I don't want to shut down people's, I don't want to shut down people's, uh, you know, fight for this. I'm just saying it's, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. And I, and I feel for these workers, man, these, these nine workers at Journal Square, you know, they got terminated because they asked for better. That should never happen. Should never happen. So yeah, I think that's all I was going to really discuss today. Actually, the Jollibee thing was not really, <laughs> it was not planned. Obviously, you can tell. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, on Halala Show, though, just a little bit of a mini plug. You know, we just uploaded. We did talk about the the drag queen, uh, Pura Luca Vega, who dressed up as Jesus and did a performance to the Lord's Prayer. So if you want to delve into that, I have more thoughts about that. Uh, maybe I could talk about it in a bit. But we also talked about the new PagCore logo and Jonah Hill kind of being a little bit of a, a little bitch, right? I mean... You listen to Halal Show if you want to get the full context, but if you read up on what he did, or at least supposedly what he texted to his ex-girlfriend, it's a little bit, it gives a little bit of, uh, the term is small dick energy. Uh, 
And it's a shame because I was really a big fan of Jonah Hill. I mean, I don't know if it will completely turn me off from him as a as an actor or as it, I really like his clothes and his his fit. But him as a person, I I feel like it's changed my perspective on him as a person. Um, yeah the 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 drag the drag Jesus thing that we talked about. There's there's a lot more that I want to say. Like so, people are really pressed about this and and i get it right and i i shared we rika and i shared our thoughts on it i i totally understand why people are pissed off about somebody dressing up as jesus and performing this song or this this prayer but in like a remix version it's basically like a tiktok version of the lord's prayer the filipino version but i watched the video a few times just to make sure that i wasn't you know maybe i missed something but having rewatched the video, it didn't seem like it was in jest or like it was a parody. Like I would totally get it if it was a parody, like it was an obvious parody, why people would be super offended. And I, actually, I would probably be offended for, for those people too. <laughs> but just w- upon watching it and several angles of it, it seemed like it was a, just a, a perform, an art performance. Uh, and I mean, the, the, See, Pura Luca, I think, does she go by Pura Luca or Luca Vega? Anyway, Luca Vega said that it was really just an expression of her and her expressing her faith. And if, you know, if I'm going to take her word for it and watching the video, I could be like, okay, cool. Now, I, I did mention also on Halo Halo, and now I'll, I'll just make it clear. If you listen to this podcast long enough, you know that I'm not really religious, right? I'm agnostic. So maybe it doesn't hit me. In a way that it would for a Catholic or a Christian person who watches this. I mean, I could definitely see some Catholic and Christian people watching this and thinking like, what is this? You know, the power of Christ compels you and just like, you know, holy watering their screen watching. I can, I can, I can see it. I can see it happening. Right. And, you know, it's, I think it's valid. I mean, I feel like their feelings are valid because if that really hurt you, uh, I, I, I could I, I could also see it, but for me, just watching it, I'm like, this doesn't seem malicious, right? It doesn't seem malicious. I don't know though, and the thing is, you know, maybe that's a fault on my part. I didn't look into the context behind this. Like, was this a show? Like, why why, why did this happen? I didn't even look into that, and that's on me. Let me maybe maybe I could maybe I could find that right now. Hold on, because I have the article pulled up here. And, uh, well, up till now, Pura Luca Vega is doubling down on it. Just so, and you know what? I, I stand by that. You know, I, I respect, uh, in terms of if she, because if the thing is, if she had no blasphemous, offensive intentions, why would you backtrack and say, I'm sorry for something that you shouldn't be sorry for? Uh, I mean, unless you want them to say, I'm sorry I offended you, that would be probably worse. I think, I, I find, I, I find, you know, like, I think that, by her saying, I stand by that it was just an expression of art and I meant no disrespect. By standing by that, for me, that's that's more powerful than backtracking and saying, like, I shouldn't have done it. Because if you really believed that you didn't do anything wrong and based on the video evidence, you the only thing is it's a subjective thing, right? Like, People who are saying it's wrong, they're going based off of objective thing. Now, I, I don't know, like Rika and I talked about the rules of like, like using the prayer, for example, 
is that against the law in terms of if there's something that says you cannot use a prayer in a performance, then then in that case, yeah, you know, they were wrong. But when Rika was reading out this like blasphemy law or whatever that we found, it was just very open to interpretation. Uh, so, I mean, this I didn't read on Halahalush, but based off what Pura says, so I, I guess she goes by Pura, right? I'd like to stress that my drag performance as Jesus was not meant to disrespect anyone. On the ca- on the contrary, it is a drag art interpretation of worship. I was very intentional of using a specific song and the symbolism to relate the queer crowd when with the intersection of queerness and religion. And just by hearing that quote, just of somebody that has no skin in the game, and maybe that's why it's easier for me to kind of just maybe be more objective about this, as objective as you can get. I mean, if, if it's true, and she's not just saying this to save face, and based on the video that I watched, it didn't seem like she was doing anything blasphemous intentionally, I, 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 I get it. And I, 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 I respect that she's standing by it. Now, like I said, you know, I always have to double, I always have to double back and just make sure that I want everyone to know that if you were offended by this, you have every right to be so. You have every right to be offended by this if it did offend you. I had a lot of friends on Facebook posting like that was too far and that was too much. But what about the people who weren't offended by it? And what about the people who were, you know, who took this and were like, wow, you know, I didn't know that I could actually, um, what do you call this? I could show my religion in this sort of interpretation. I mean, because there are people that stand by and I, I don't, I feel like I don't want to pick a side one way or the other. I'm just kind of looking at it from an outsider looking in, but there are people who are firmly on poor, poor side saying, you know, you, you, you go, you go girl. <laughs> Let me read it. Cause I saw the tweet. Hold on here. It's pulled up on my phone. So, uh, Pura Luca Vega uh, said on Twitter, I understand that people call my performance blasphemous, offensive, or regrettable. However, they shouldn't tell me how I practice my faith or how I do my drag. That performance was not for you to begin with. It's my experience and my expression of having been denied my rights. And there are people saying like super valid ng drag and ng performance mo. And of course, there's other people who are like, oh, so pag tumay ka sa bakura nyo dahil that's my creative expression, dapat di ka offend. I mean, that's a, I mean, I didn't, that's what, that's the thing. People are saying like, so if you took a shit and you're saying that's how I, you know, show my creative expression, you, would you get offended? Of course you would. But the thing is, they didn't. They didn't take a shit. <laughs> I feel like people are just grasping here in terms of like, oh, so if, if I did this, yeah, if it was obviously, blasphemous right like taking a shit i feel like is pretty offensive versus performing to the song and and if you watch the video it just looked like they were kind of just feeling the crowd go go watch some joel s austin videos j-o-e-l-o-s-t-e-e-n and some other preachers out there where they have people literally in a group like as if they are possessed by spirits and I, I, you know, me, I don't even complain about that either. But when I see it, I'm like, that's a little bit weird. That's strange. So tell, I mean, tell me where you draw the line. Rika and I were really kind of, we, we were di- dissecting it on Hala Hala Show, but we were like, where do you draw the line where 
someone says this is definitely offensive. This is definitely blasphemous. Uh, it, it's it's a tough line to draw. So, and I, you know, it really the the line that she said here in her tweet was that performance was not for you to begin with. So for the, I think she was really, I, I don't like to say targeting, but she was calling to attention that if you don't celebrate your faith the way I do, then it's not really for you. It's for people who don't have that outlet and maybe want to find a different way to celebrate that expression. And once again, this is based off of me just watching the video and seeing that didn't look like they wanted to do anything blasphemous or offensive. So yeah, that's my bottom line on that. You know, do you guys know what I'm saying? I'm I'm speaking out of my ass. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. So nothing I'm saying has any weight. I just want you guys to know. I you know I, my word is not the word of uh, if I say the Lord, you guys are gonna fry me, right? My my word is not the judgment. Uh, you know, I can't cast judgment on anyone. But that's just my opinions on the matter. So yeah, go watch Dragged in PH. <laughs> I don't know if she's still a contestant or was she a contestant, but for sure she's got a lot of new fans and also a lot of new enemies now. So best of luck to her and hopefully this is just something that kind of passes. You know, usually these things come and go. Uh, this is something that probably won't stay forever. Uh, I, I mean, there, look, look at, for example, and I, I know I brought him up earlier, but what, what did, what did, uh, Former President Duterte say something about he said something about God before. Hold on, let me let me find it. Just want to make sure, just so that yeah, like some people turn a blind eye to things. Yeah, he called God stupid, right? Du let me see. Yeah, Duterte blasts Bible creation story. Who is this stupid God? He said that. Those are words that he said. And that's kind of blasphemous. I feel like that's way more blasphemous than the performance. But that's just me. That's just me throwing some tea. I'm the Kermit the Frog tea meme right now. All right, friends. Uh, enjoy your week. I'm sorry I didn't record last week, but uh, it's been pretty light now in terms of workload. So I, I'll probably also record next week. And I have an exciting, I hope it's going through because Lexi messaged me by and she said it's confirmed, but I haven't really received anything official on my end. But if, if that's the case, next, not this, this Saturday, but next Saturday, I'm going to have one of the biggest hosting opportunities of my career. And I hope it pulls through. I'm very excited for it. And if it does, I'll update you on that next week or the week after. All right. Uh, listen to Hala's show. And that's the podcast. Follow me on threads as well as on Instagram. It's me, JC. And I'll catch you all. Say it with me later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.